Hey, Hawkeye fans, Chad likes to go. The Des Moines Register. We decided to start a little early, so just a little treat for you guys uh, tuning in a little early. Um, Dark and Southern, also the Des Moines Register. We are here in Dallas. Our photographer, uh, Zach Boyd and Holmes, feverishly uh, getting photos and video and whatnot together. Dargan, uh, uh, today was just a, a full day of media, basically, uh, the day before the game. I mean, there was open practices for the fans. I mean, to me, this is just completely different <laughs> than what we experienced in Seattle, and the same is true for the players. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would love to be Caitlin Clark, but I would not want to be Caitlin Clark today because she had, I mean, cameras in her face for 30 straight minutes. She had, you know, two press conferences to get through for winning the AP Player of the Year and just the standard press conference. Um, so yeah, it was a bit bit hectic to today. I mean, the the locker rooms were a little smaller than they were in Seattle, and the media contingencies probably double or triple. So uh, yeah, it was it was a little overwhelming, but it, it's been a good day to to kind of set the scene for tomorrow. A um, lot of storylines obviously in in play here, so um, I'm sure we'll we'll dive into all of them over the next thirty minutes here or so. Yeah, and that, you know, I'm not complaining whatsoever. I'm no, saying, no, no, I'm no. Just, I'm just trying to relate the fact that, like, as media, it is way more. I mean, like, the, it was an intimate setting, I would say, in Seattle is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, very right. little distractions. Here, it's just like a zoo, and I'm saying it's the same for the players. And, and oh, I feel yeah. like – so, in other words, I feel like they have to balance – I mean, and these Iowa women are extremely <laughs> well-balanced in their lives and whatnot, but it is something that they have to balance, you know, the, the fact that they're playing a, such a monster game tomorrow night um, here at American Airlines Center, you know, versus enjoying every minute of being here at the Final Four, which is, you know, the goal that Caitlin Clark set long ago. And a lot of them even said today, you know, they never thought they'd ever be here. And so they're, they are trying to soak it in. Uh, at the same time to win a game. And I imagine that's got to be a little bit difficult. Yeah, that's that's one of the topics that I was really kind of diving into today because, you know, if you look at, at tomorrow, you know, I think we can both agree that, and everybody, no matter what happens, this season has already been cemented, uh, you know, in the in the history of Iowa women's basketball is, you know, maybe, maybe the best or certainly one of the best seasons. So, um, and again, you know, there's festivities that start pretty much the second they step off the plane. And so, you know, while you can kind of look at Iowa and say, you know, they're just happy to be here. And I think there's some legitimacy to that because they are happy to be here and they are, they haven't been here in 30 years and none of these players have experienced anything like this. So, um, you know, you'd be crazy not to take a second and kind of absorb it all and realize exactly what you accomplished in getting here. But at the same time, you know, this team is technically two wins away from a national title and one win away from playing for a national title. And, you know, even though it's going to be uh, a tall task and, you know, I was going to need to put its best product on the floor, um, you know, they they feel like they can do it. You know, it, they 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 respect South Carolina. There's obviously no animosity there. Same for South Carolina and Caitlin Clark. But Iowa, Iowa feels like you know, it has nothing to lose in this game and it really doesn't, you know, if they, if they lose by 30 tomorrow, that's what most people probably expected. If they keep it close, then that's an admirable effort. 
And if they somehow pull a stunner, then obviously, you know, that becomes a whole nother deal. So, um, you know, I, it, it sounds like that for the most part, they've found a decent balance of soaking this in, but also knowing that they have an incredibly tough matchup to prepare for. Um, that's going to require everybody to have their focus on full throttle uh, for 40 minutes. So um, I guess we'll we'll see how really good they balanced it all uh, tomorrow night. Well, let's talk about some of the stuff we heard. And as you mentioned, Dargan, uh, you know, significant opportunity here. I mean, if let's say Iowa wins Friday night, that would just be the second time in state of Iowa uh, Final Four history that a team got to a national championship game. I mean, the Iowa men got there back in 1956. Uh, you know, a lot of you know there there have been a handful of teams that have made it to the Final Four, including the Iowa women in 1993. Of course, the Iowa men in 1980, um, but you know, did not actually get to the national championship game. That's not a, a knock on them. I'm just saying it's really hard to do, and so some history is at stake here. That would be the furthest any Iowa women's team has ever made it uh, in the NCAA championship. But let's talk about some of the stuff we heard today and, you know, the storylines of this game. And maybe we can just kind of, kind of go back and forth on the stuff we, you know, our focus was on. Uh, my focus, uh, one of the things my, that I was focusing on was rebounding because South Carolina uh, owns a 20.3 per game rebounding advantage. And uh, you and I were both courtside uh, watching Colorado get 21 offensive rebounds. That was Colorado. Uh, against the Hawkeyes a week ago tomorrow. And so, you know, you just have to, you have to wonder, Dargan, how does Iowa even begin to compete with the front line of Aaliyah Boston, who's 6'5"? They have another player who's 6'7". Let me get her name for you guys in a second here. But, and they have uh, 6'1 guards. I mean, they have, they have size everywhere. And, you know, I asked them like, what? Obviously, they're big, but why are you guys such a good rebounding team to South Carolina? That's just like we just attack the boards. And if you look at their stats, that's like their game. I mean, they only shoot 31% from three. That's not great at all. Uh, but they just go get the rebound and put it in. I mean, that's a pretty good offensive strategy, um, you know, when you can do that. So uh, what's her name? What's her name? What's her name? Uh, Camila Cardozo, uh, six foot seven junior. So that's somebody to watch. Uh, number 10, Aliyah Boston, number four. Uh, I will let you know what I heard here in a second, but what, I mean, what, how does Iowa keep, keep them at bay on the boards? <laughs> well, I guess the, the best uh, plan of attack would be to not miss because then there's no, no need to go after the rebound, but obviously they're going to miss some, um, you know, I think it's just kind of, you know, not getting frustrated. I think the mental side of this game is going to be very important and that's, kind of what uh, McKenna Warnock said today. She was saying that when you get to this stage in the season, you know, it's not some, you know, you, you've run all your stuff, you've practiced it and all that. It's it's more of getting yourself, uh, you know, mentally prepared for, for the challenge. And I think that's going to be really important throughout the entire game because, you know, as you said, it's going to be, you know, South Carolina is going to do to a certain extent what South Carolina wants to do. And that's, crash the glass, you know, extend possessions and stuff like that. And so, you know, if Iowa can can keep its focus um, and not let the game get away from them because it could so easily, you know, you you, you see that stretch where, you know, it looks like it's – and this kind of happened uh, when they played Maryland. You know, it was, it was close early. Maryland was even up by, I think, six in the first quarter. 
And then all of a sudden, you know, just like that, South Carolina had the game in hand. So, um, you know, I think Iowa, I think, you know, it's, it's obviously not something that they do particularly well necessarily rebounding and, and kind of, you know, playing that way, but um, they're going to have to, they're going to have to, you know, I think, um, you know, the whole, the whole group of, of uh, power forwards that they have that interior players, you know, whether it's Hannah Stolke, Monica Sonano, obviously, but, you know, I think we'll see some Addison O'Grady in this game just because she's one of the bigger options that Iowa has to throw out there. So again, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a battle all the way through. Um, and I was just going to have to, to weather the storm and, and, get the game at their pace um, as quickly as possible, because obviously these teams for the most part get things done in very different ways. And so, you know, if Iowa can, can just run them to death and, and you know, hit a bunch of threes mm-hmm. and all that, then, you know, I think that's, that's probably how they go into this uh, thinking, thinking that's the path to, to keeping this close late. One of the quotes I didn't put it like in my story, which I don't know why I didn't, because it was probably my best quote, but I didn't. So I'll read it here. Uh, Monica Sinano said, one through five, they're crashing. It's not just their four and five. It's going to be a whole team effort to try to keep them off the boards. But then she said this, if we can equalize possessions, it's going to be a good game. It's going to maybe be able to tip in our favor. We're super confident in what we can do. Okay, so. Let's look at that quote a little closer. I feel like you're getting into a little bit of the Iowa game plan here is just you can't you probably won't have the exactly equal number of shots, but if you can I think one of the reasons South Carolina is uh really good on the boards is because it forces a lot of misses, right? So if Iowa can be really efficient on offense and take good shots and make their threes and uh and not give and then on the flip side is just don't give South Carolina like three and four chances. I mean, they're going to get some offensive boards. There's no way around that. I mean, I looked at their stats. They get almost half of offensive rebounds. It's just crazy. They have almost as many offensive boards as their opponents have defensive boards. So <laughs> that's the kind of challenge you're up against. But um, so that's it's kind of interesting. So just something to keep an eye on during Friday night's game, 8.30 p.m. ESPN, by the way. Um, but uh, I like your plan. Uh, you know, I think – I think Stolke to me is is the biggest wild card of all because can she? Uh, hey, Caitlin Clark just won another award, the Wade Trophy. Uh, so, I mean, do she won another award? Uh, the uh, she's winning a lot of things these days. Yeah, yeah. So Stolke to me is is has got to just be good. You got to have a good day from from Hannah Stolke. She's a freshman. Talked to her today. She said she's ready. Doesn't like the attention, but she's ready to to get in there and be physical. And she likes that's that's an area of the game she really likes. So I say throw her in there and have at it. Um, they're going to need her and in, 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 in a big way. I mean, she had 13 boards against Ohio State, Dargan, uh, back in January. So I think that's where you got to use it. Yeah, and I mean you've you've seen really for the first time this season um, in the tournament where. She had some moments where, you know, it looked like the game was maybe moving too fast for her, and she kind of looked like a freshman. She's really not dealt with that really at all this year. Um, And so, again, how quickly can your mental side get, in you know, locked in and realize that, yeah, we're playing South Carolina, but, you know, they're – 
they're beatable, even though they haven't been this year. So, um, again, yeah, Stolke is, is definitely a wild card because, you know, you could see her really making an impact, really making a difference, especially, you know, if Iowa can push and transition and get her loose because, you know, her athleticism is not really something that, you know, a lot of teams can match. But, again, you know, if she gets, you know, some early fouls or, you know, is, is getting dominated, um, you know, Lisa Bluter's shown that she's not afraid to, to get her out of there. And, you know, she didn't really hardly play at all in that Colorado game. So, um, again, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a multi-pronged effort needed to, uh, to, to keep Iowa in this game. Well, certainly we haven't talked – we actually haven't talked that much about Caitlin Clark, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> what, uh, you know, it was kind of interesting to hear South Carolina. I guess what was your read on on how South Carolina responded to questions about their about Caitlin? Um, obviously, there were a ton of them uh, and a ton of cameras around, uh, you know, all the South Carolina players in the locker room and also on stage. Uh, what was your what was your read before I get into mine? Yeah, I mean they're they're media veterans, South Carolina. You know they've they've this is their second season. You know, being uh, you know at the top, and so you know they've they they had their answers ready. She's a good player. She's a good shooter. She's you know this and that. Um, I think if you you had to sift through things a little bit to find any sort of you know, maybe slight or, or something like that. And it wasn't even really that much. It was more just, you know, we see her on social media and we know that that's really only a snippet of things and it's, you know, the best, you know, it's highlights. So, um, you know, but I, I, I do think that they truly do respect the, the talent of Caitlin. And you saw that throughout the various things. You saw that yesterday at the Naismith, which was a big Iowa-South Carolina overlap there. Um, you saw it throughout the press conferences today. You know, I definitely think that there's not, you know, it's not that they think that they can't shut down Caitlin, but they also know that she is probably, you know, if Iowa is going to win this game or stay, um, you know, within striking distance, it's probably going to be Caitlin going off in some, you know, form of fact, whether it looks like Louisville, whether it looks like, you know, the Michigan game two years or last year where, you know, she had 25 in the fourth quarter and almost brought Iowa back. Um, I think they know that that Caitlin has the potential to take over this game. And, you know, I, I, I think they respect that. But I also know that they are, you know, ready for the challenge. We talked to Bria Beal today, who was uh, ironically from the Quad Cities, which I feel like is a kind of interesting caveat to all this. But she was a, a Naismith Defensive Player of the Year finalist lost the award to her teammate, Aaliyah Boston. Um, you know, she's probably going to be on Caitlin the most. And, um, you know, she was very complimentary, but but also was saying, you know, hey, we feel like we, we've, you know, we can, we can limit her. And, um, you know, not many people have this year, but, um, you know, I, I, I thought South Carolina certainly handled it um, as, as buttoned up as, as they probably could have, uh, you know, with all the questions that came their way about Caitlin. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
We good? Okay. Um, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, she 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 talked about against Louisville and how she felt the calmest in her life. Uh, you know, I wanted to get a chance to ask her today. How do you kind of replicate that, um, especially in this environment? Can you can you find that same zone you had the other night? Because if she can, uh, I mean, that was that was the best performance arguably we've we've ever seen from her. Um, although I think Mon was it Monica or Gabby that said I think that Michigan game last year where she <laughs> where she was hitting from like half court. Yeah, Monica. I mean, that was like the insane like one one person show type thing. But again, you have to remember going back like Iowa was so shorthanded back then, and she's she's more learned to trust her teammates. So I'm just fascinated to see is it going to be like a 20 points and 15 assists type of game? I'm not saying that's a line. Or is it going to be more of like a 45 points and six assists? And she's just trying to, you know, will this team to a victory scoring wise. I, I, I have a sense from South Carolina's players that there's, they're not going to do anything too special. They're pretty confident in defending her one-on-one. Yeah. You know, I, I think South Carolina, as much as they do respect Kalen, they have confidence in their own defense and their own game plan. And obviously, you know, that's what they hang their hat on. So you know, if you're undefeated and at the top and you've gotten there through defense and kind of hard-nosed play, then, you know, it makes sense that that you feel like you don't need to alter that or, or make a special game plan for somebody like Caitlin. But, um, you know, it's interesting of those, of those two options, um, I personally kind of lean toward the 40.6 assist as, you know, what might happen now the first option is probably more what they need to win um but i can i can see her you know she's gonna be shooting all night long you know not that that caitlin ever needs to be told not to shoot she has the ultimate green light but um you know i think i think she embraces the challenge of of going against the team at the top and um you know this is a this is a pretty incredible stage to kind of submit um, you know, all the hype that she's gotten this year. And so, you know, I could easily see, you know, her going for, you know, 40 plus. Um, but whether or not it makes a difference, uh, I think is uh, remains to be seen. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that the other thing we need to talk about is the other role players, um, you know, Ken McKenna Warnock. I mean, she had 17 points in the Louisville game. I feel like she's kind of a little bit of a wild card here because she's a post that can shoot the three. You know, can she get open looks? Can she be hot from three? Uh, I think, uh, you know, that's the type of player you need to have out there because she can rebound and she can shoot. And so, you know, I think as many of those types of players as you can get out there, the better. And then, you know, Gabby Marshall, we talked about her a lot in this postseason, Dargan. I mean, 50% from three this postseason. Uh, 23 of 46 that's uh, she's been on a tear and uh, she's she's playing with a lot of confidence right now and that's kind of where the vibe I got in the Hawkeye locker room was like we're all kind of talking about can they keep it close but they're talking about winning (laughs) and uh, they they feel as Caitlin said we're playing really really good basketball right now and I don't know. I mean, I was beating the number two team in the country twice this year, right? Ohio State at the time, Indiana. I mean, it's it's really it's kind of funny to think about them as being such a big underdog when they've been so dominant for basically the last month. 
Yeah, and it's um, – Caitlin mentioned this too. Um, it's really the first time I feel like, you know, other than maybe a game here or there that they've been this – you know, they've been this firmly in the underdog role since uh, probably the COVID season when, you know, they kind of st- – that was Clark's freshman year. They kind of started the season, you know, we'll see what happens. Ran into some bumps in the Big Ten, um, but then got the sixth seed in the tournament and – and took that all the way to the Sweet 16. So, in a way, it's kind of like a full circle uh, deal for for this group, and that they started as underdogs, got all the way to the top or close to the top, and now they're underdogs again. And so, um, it was interesting to you know, not that you expected to hear anything different, but I believe there's some genuine substance behind it that you know a lot of the players they feel more comfortable in that role because you know they they're you know. Iowa having a target on its back is kind of a new thing, at least this big. And so, you know, this is, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the situations that this group has been in, um, at least to start was, you know, in that underdog role, trying to get people's respect. And so, um, you know, I, I don't think that that's an unfamiliar place. I think it's a comfortable place for Iowa, whether or not it makes a difference on the court is, you know, up for debate, but, I think at least, you know, their mentality going in seems to be in the right spot when, you know, it could be all over the place as as we discussed, given all the the distractions down here. Yeah, I really haven't. I guess I haven't put it in my mind, Dargan, the possibility of us being back here Saturday for media availability ahead of the national championship. I've been like so focused on this game. Uh, but I, I do think it's possible, and I, I think there's going to be a lot of Iowa fans here. I think there's going to be a lot of South Carolina fans here. Uh, I think it's I think it's going to be a great environment for sure. Uh, what else is on your list? Anything else you heard today? Any other topics you feel like we're missing before we close out? Um, I guess one thing I would say is, you know, you all that South Carolina has experienced this year, um, one thing they really haven't dealt with a ton is that tense late game energy you know, they, they had a couple games that go to, went to overtime, but, um, you know, those were regular season games. And, you know, they're, that one was really early in the year. One was kind of in the middle of conference play. So, you know, I was been playing through that the last three games, really dealing with, well, I guess more two games, they kind of control the Louisville game all the way through, but anyway, um, you know, that's not a familiar position for South Carolina. And so if Iowa can get South Carolina in that spot, you know, five, six minutes to go and it's close and, you know, people start visualizing, wow, this South Carolina season really could end right there. Then I think that, I think that's, that's the best spot that Iowa can be in because um, if you're looking for an advantage of a team playing with nothing to lose versus a team playing with pretty much everything to lose, if you get them in that unfamiliar spot where, you know, that tense energy kicks in, um, I think Iowa can ride that out to a win, but obviously getting getting to that point where you know it's a manageable game in the fourth quarter is going to be tough and is going to be you know require pretty much the best effort from from everyone. You know, we've seen individually in games, a lot of games this year, what each one of these starting five can do, um, but I think it all has to come together and it all has to happen at at the same time um, for Iowa to to hang in there. Yeah, I do, I do believe there's a path to victory for the Hawkeyes. And, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, they got to play just about as well as they did against Ohio State in the Big Ten title game probably. Um, 
but that's you know they should, they can do it. Uh, they've played some really good games and really big moments. I mean, you think about, I mean, even that Indiana home game, Dark. I mean, that was such a good game, and Indiana played so well. I felt like in that game, yet Iowa beat them. Uh, it took a last second shot, but um, you know, I, I'm not. I'm definitely not counting the Hawkeyes out. Uh, but if I were, if you held a gun to my head and made me predict the game, I think it's the type of game where Iowa hangs close for a while. Then maybe the lead gets gets pretty big, and then Hawkeyes charge back toward the end. That's kind of how I feel it's going to go. You know, maybe get within, you know, six eight points. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say South Carolina, eighty five seventy eight. That's that's pretty good, and you know it's 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 interesting to contrast this to um, you know the last couple of times that Iowa's been facing you know a giant like this. The two that come to mind are 2021 um, in the Sweet 16 against UConn when that was Page versus Caitlin. I think Iowa I looked it up there about an 18 point underdog in that game, and then uh, the 2019 Elite Eight game against Baylor, who ended up winning the national title that year. Um, you know, Iowa was, I think, a 20-point dog or something like that. So it definitely feels different than those scenarios where, you know, a path to, to Iowa winning isn't just, you know, March absurdity. Um, but, again, you know, th- they understand what the challenge is. I, I think they have a pretty good grasp of, of what they need to do. It's just a matter of, you know, can they do it? Yeah, and, uh, you know, you talk about that UConn game. You know, two years ago, Caitlin Clark was a freshman then. Um, she's a completely different player now. And I know the stats don't necessarily look a lot different, but um, take a look at my story at hawkcentral.com and kind of look at some of the growth she's made personally and on the court in these last two years. Um, it's pretty impressive. And, you know, her her work ethic, you know, is something you would read like about Michael Jordan, where she did not lose a single sprint in October, you know, she did not, uh, you know, she's back in the gym after the Creighton loss. She um, ate, her, ate her alive that she didn't, couldn't hit a certain percentage of shots in her routines. And, um, and she fixed it and she got it. She fixed, she fixed her mind. She fixed everything, uh, fixed her body. Uh, she's a totally different player. And I think that's your, that's your hope as a Hawkeye fan is she kind of, Leads the way. Everyone's going to have to do it, but she's going to have to lead the way if they're going to win. Did you give a prediction or not? Did you give a score prediction? Oh, I guess I do. Um, yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to say South Carolina eighty, Iowa sixty-seven. I think um, Gamecocks cover eleven and a half. I think Dark and Southern. I, th- I think I think Iowa getting to the style that it wants to play with is going to be a tough task. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of why I feel like the. The point total might be a, a little low on on Iowa's end. Yeah, I know there's a fear among some Iowa fans, even some some plugged in people here, that you know South Carolina is going to be laser focused on this one. And uh, you know, I assume that during their 36 game streak this year, like they've probably not shown up a ton in some games. You know, probably, I don't imagine that's going to be the case tomorrow. No, because I mean, you you got to think of it. You know. It wasn't said today, but if you if you ask some South Carolina people off the record, you know, I would imagine that, you know, like Aaliyah Boston not winning Naismith Player of the Year, that's something that can generate motivation, even though Caitlin Clark obviously deserved it. You know, you can – it's not hard to create motivation this time of year. And so, 
you know, I think, I think we've, it, you know, we tried to have this matchup last year and it, and it didn't work out. So everything it seems like in the sport has kind of been building toward this happening. And, you know, for South Carolina to, to really put its stamp on this season, you know, it, it can't, it can't be a no show in, in the biggest game. So um, it, it feels like South Carolina is going to, going to probably, you know, play pretty close to its potential. Um, and then it's just a matter of can Iowa, can Iowa match that in, in any way possible? Yeah, great stuff, man. Uh, thank you, Dargan Southerd. Uh, we will uh, get you a post-game podcast. To, you know, we'll decide, uh, depending on the result, whether it'll be like super, super late at night tomorrow or if it'll be first thing Saturday, whatever. We'll get you one on YouTube. Um, kind of depends on the circumstances, but uh, appreciate you joining us for this one. Uh, for Dargan Southerd, this is Chad Lastico in Dallas saying thank you for tuning in. Uh, catch our coverage at hawkcentral.com. I mean, we have a 